Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the Pool Guy Show. Today I'm going to go over some common mistakes that you may make as a homeowner or a pool service professional as you're working on a pool. So I'm going to go over some typical things that could happen as you're working on your pool and things to avoid. Today's podcast is brought to you by InyoPools.com. Inyo Pools has been helping pool owners find the right pool parts in 2001. With over 50,000 pool parts in stock, order online today and have the parts delivered right to your door. Podcast is also brought to you by the Riptide Pool Vacuum System. Riptide is a powerful vacuum system that will pick up large debris off the bottom of the pool rapidly. To learn more about the Riptide Pool Vacuum, you can visit them at www.riptidevac.com. Today I'm going to go over a lot of the uh, mistakes that are made if you're servicing the pool yourself or if you're a pool service technician servicing a pool. So the first thing that I notice a lot is that the customer will fail to add water to the pool. So the water level is too low for the pool to operate in some cases. Sometimes you will have a device in your skimmer if you have a newer pool that will divert the flow to the main drain when the water drops below the proper level for the skimmer to work. But in a lot of older pools, this is not available. So what happens with low water is that the system is not running and the pool equipment uh, becomes damaged from overheating. And it could overheat to the point where the motor itself will burn out. So not adding water to your pool is one of the number one uh, failures or mistakes that I see out there. And the service agreement that I give the customer states that they have to add water. Any damage to the equipment caused by low water is their responsibility and is not uh, my fault as a service provider. So, you know, as a pool technician, you really don't want to be adding water to the customer's pool. Number one reason why you don't want to do this is you may forget to turn off the water and have a flood their property in your house and that'll create a bunch of liability for you. And, you know, the water bill, if they do have a drain, the water bill can still be $600, $800 if it's on for a whole week draining out to, this, to the overflow. So as a rule, I don't add water to a customer's pool unless the house is vacant. In that case, what I will do is I'll leave my truck keys on the fill line so that I don't forget to turn the water off. But I've gone back to my truck half a dozen times after doing this without my keys. So I know that if you don't do anything to prevent yourself from forgetting to turn the water off, it'll keep running. And same with the homeowner. If you're filling your pool up, you don't have an auto fill or an in-deck fill, um, what's going to happen is that you'll turn on the water to fill your pool, then you get busy and you'll forget, and you'll more than likely leave it on and uh, flood your yard. So a tip to prevent this, uh, some customers will put a timer on their microwave or oven to go off. You could put a timer in your cell phone. The best thing I suggest to do is before you're going to go somewhere to run errands, leave your car keys there. That way when you go to uh, run your errands, you'll want to turn the water off. There's lots of different tricks to remember to turn the water off after uh, turning it on. But uh, chances are if you own a pool, you've left it on and forgot to turn it off and flooded your yard some degree hopefully not overnight 
but that's also a common problem is not turning the water off when you're filling your pool. But failure to add water to your pool um, on a weekly or daily basis, depending on the temperature and how much evaporation you have, causes a whole slew of problems. So the pool can turn green, get algae forming, it can get cloudy, um, it's not filtering properly, and it could damage the pool equipment. So number one, add water to the pool. It's really basic, but it's one thing that people overlook all the time. Another thing I run into is the customer, if you're doing the pool yourself, homeowner, that you're not emptying the skimmer basket on a regular basis. So what happens is that it fills up with the debris, and since you don't empty the basket at least once a week, sometimes more, then the pump will run dry because no water is flowing through there. Again, if you have an older pool, there's no main drain bypass, and this is a very critical thing to do. So check the skimmer basket for leaves because if that fills up, there's no flow going to the pump. And on the same regards with the skimmer basket, if you if you have an older skimmer basket with no weight in the center or it doesn't lock into the skimmer, some of the, the waterway skimmers will lock the basket in. But if you don't have this available, and most of the skimmers are pretty light, so you want to put a rock in there. And make sure the rock is larger than the hole of the one and a half inch hole of the skimmer in case the basket tips over and the rock falls in there. The last thing you want to do is have a rock uh, get stuck in the pipe. So I usually put a large size rock in there and that weighs down the skimmer basket because in a lot of cases if you don't have a weight in the skimmer basket and it's a cheap basket it'll float up and the pool turns off and then debris will also float up and it'll just get uh, by the sides of the basket and when you turn the pool on it'll go right into the pump basket and I've been to accounts where I've taken it over where the skimmer basket is just flipped over entirely because there's no weight in there and all the debris is just clogging up the pump basket causing the pump not to run properly either. So a rock in the skimmer basket is a great idea. If you have a lot of fine debris that will get through the holes on the side of the skimmer basket, think about getting a um, filter saver or skimmer sock and putting that on the skimmer basket. That'll prevent fine debris from going through and clogging up the pump basket. I noticed that with the Jandy pumps, one of the, one of the Jandy, older Jandy pumps, one of the things is that just a little bit of debris getting through there and also the larger e-pumps, a little bit of debris going through will clog up the impeller and the Jandy pump really quickly. So if you have a Jandy pump on your pool, the skimmer sock or the filter saver is a great way to keep that impeller from being jammed up. And that seems to be the only brand that has that particular problem where all the debris is stuck into the basket right where the impeller, right where the impeller sits. So definitely try that if you have a, um, if you notice that your pump basket is always getting clogged up with debris and you're emptying your skimmer basket on a regular basis, then stuff is probably going right through the skimmer basket into the pump. Another thing, since we're talking about the skimmer, is not having a weir gate in front. So what happens without a weir gate, if you have a, uh, don't have a weir gate in front, when the pool turns off, all the debris will flow back into the pool. So you'll find that without a weir gate, you'll have a lot of debris sitting at the bottom of the pool right where the skimmer's at. Or if you're swimming, a lot of debris will fall back out into the pool. So the weir gate is very important for your skimmer. So when the pool turns off, that gate will shut, and that'll keep the water from the debris from going back in. And occasionally, the weir gate will get jammed and stuck in the upright position. Sometimes a piece of debris will get stuck in there. A twig is usually the culprit, and that'll keep the weir gate from closing back down when the pump comes on, and it'll get stuck in the open position. So it'll almost have the same effect as having low water, but the problem is that the weir gate is stuck open. Something is jamming in there to keep it from closing. So the skimmer weir um, is a, something that you have to have. And in case you don't know what the skimmer weir is, it's that part right in front of the skimmer. 
It's basically shaped like a plastic gate. It's about seven inches or eight inches long and about six inches tall and it's usually white. Um, you'll see that right at the entrance of the skimmer. So check that, make sure you have that in there also. And then of course, emptying the pump basket. You wanna make sure you clean the pump basket, usually on a weekly basis to make sure that there's no debris getting stuck in there, causing the pool not to run properly. A good way to know that your pump basket is full is to look into the clear lid and to see if the uh, you can see debris in there. And if you do, go ahead and take it, take it out, empty it. Now, when you take the lid off the pump basket, one thing that I've I've discussed I've found at some accounts is they'll call me and, and the pool's not priming, and I'll get there and I'll go through all my troubleshooting. What I do now before spending a lot of time on that is I check to make sure that the O-ring on the skimmer lid is actually on there. Many times the homeowner will open up the pump basket to empty out the, the basket there, open up the pump lid to empty the basket, and the O-ring will fall out and they won't notice it. This happens a lot on the whisper flow or IntelliFlow pumps where the O-ring is not really on there uh, really well. So they'll open it up and the O-ring will fall out into the ground and they won't notice it. They'll put the lid back on with the O-ring and try turning the pool on and nothing's happening. So there's an O-ring in that lid, so make sure that um, when you open it up, the O-ring is on there when you put it back on. And depending on the different pump baskets, some of them are more difficult to take off and cover. So again, um, the O-ring is critical on there. And I've many times I've found that that is a failure, that not having the O-ring on there and the pool won't prime back up. And I've seen this also where the customer will put the pump basket in wrong. There's actually a hole in the front that's supposed to sit there so the water will and debris will pass into the pump basket. So I've seen them putting in backwards where the you know the hole is completely blocked off by the back of the basket and it you know the pool won't run properly that way. So the pump basket goes in one direction only and the hole should line up to where debris and water will, will collect in the pump basket. So keep that in mind also. That's very common to see that happen when a customer does that. And also if your pool equipment is below sea level what I mean by that is that the equipment sits below the level of the water in the pool. A lot of times you'll buy a house and not know this, and you'll go to empty the pump basket, and the water will just keep gushing out because basically gravity is taking effect. The pool equipment is below the water level, and there's nothing stopping the water from running through the pipes out through the open pump basket. So usually, there, usually there's ball valves on there that you can turn off to stop the water flow. You don't have ball valves. Uh, you're putting a tennis ball in the skimmer hole, uh, removing the skimmer basket, putting a tennis ball in the in the pipe that goes to the pump is a good way to stop the water from flowing. Just make sure you remove the tennis ball after you put the pump lid back on and turn the system on. Otherwise, you're going to have some problems with the priming with a tennis ball stuck in there. And that's a little trick there that help you there if your equipment's below sea level. But generally speaking, there is a ball valve there to turn off. And when you turn the ball valve, you turn both the one in front of the pump and also the one at the return line. That's very important because the water will flow backwards to the return line also and out through the pump. So both of those need to be shut when you remove the pump if, you're back, if your equipment sits below the water line or the uh, pool water line. Yeah, I've taken up the first 10 minutes here and I still have a really long list of things to cover. So I may not get all this in in one podcast. Let me uh, switch gears and talk about problems with turning not turning the pool back on during the week, uh, especially with the variable speed pump that's a standalone pump, or leaving the valves in the wrong position if you use your spa. So one thing I find is that customers will sometimes 
Uh, they'll have a kill switch by the equipment for their uh, pump. And if they're using their pool, they don't want it running. So they flip the kill switch that turns the pump off. It also turns the timer off for the pump if it's a standard intermatic timer and they forget to turn it back on. So the pool sits for a week off until I get there the following week. So make sure if you're going to flip the kill switch by your equipment that you flip it back on when you're done using the pool. It's very important. If you have an intermatic timer and you turn it off manually, it should turn back on on its normal cycle when the on-tripper hits the tab. So there's no nothing really to do there. So if you're using your pool and you have an intermatic timer and the pool's on, you can just turn it off and leave it off for the rest of the day and it'll turn back on the next day and it's not a problem. But I do find customers will flip the kill switch and that's a problem. And if you have a barrel speed pump, the most common problem I see is with the Pentair Intel flow pumps. There's um, and also the super flow. There's an on-off switch, an on-off button. So if you're using your pool and the pump's running, a lot of homeowners will go over there and hit the on-off button. Um, I don't know if this is a manufacturer issue or what, but unless you hit the on-off button again to turn the pump back on, it's going to stay off all week. So with the Pentair pumps, you have to make sure that if you're if it's not hooked up to an automated system, and if you're using the pump itself as your um, timer, that when you hit the on-off button on that VS pump, you have to turn it back on when you're done using your pool. So I've seen that happen a lot. I've been guilty of doing that at a customer's house before where I turn it off to do something. I leave the account. I get back there next the next week, and the pump's been off all week, and I realize I left the pump off. So it even happens to me. Um, the manufacturer should have some kind of way to override that. I mean, there's there's an egg timer button, there's a timeout button on there also, but a lot of people just don't bother to, to reprogram those buttons for that purpose. They just hit the on-off button, which is very common, and that's why they have the on-off button there first in the first place. You can hit it, turn the pool off and on whenever you need to. To recap that, unless you turn the pool back on after using it, it's not going to turn on by itself. And I also see that with the Century pumps, the uh, Century pumps, variable speed pumps have the same problem. You turn it off and will turn back on. So be aware of how your variable speed pump operates and make sure you don't leave it off all week. That's very critical. Now, if you have an attached spa and you are manually turning the valves, a lot of the times I'll get to a pool and it's been left in spa mode all week. And this is very common. After using the spa, they go inside the house and they forget to turn the valves back to pool mode. Problem is in the summer, if you do this, uh, the spa will look really crystal clear and it'll be running all week, but the pool is going to look pretty bad and it may even turn green being off all week in the summertime. So very important after using your spa, if you don't have an automated system that turns the valves back automatically, to make sure you turn the valves back to pool mode. And make sure you completely turn it back also. A lot of times customers will turn the valves with a little partial opening and I'll notice the spa is drained down because they didn't turn the valves completely back. So you gotta turn those valves completely back to each mode when you're using it. Sometimes customers will forget to turn it all the way to spa mode and as they're using the spa, the water will be draining out because the pool suction is still on. So the valves are really important. You gotta turn them completely each direction and turn them back once you're done using it. And the secondary problem that I notice is that customers will leave their heater on. So they'll turn the valves back to pool mode and get that all set. And then the next day when the pool comes on in its normal cycle, the heater will come on. Now the problem with this is the heater has a pool and spa button on there in most cases.
but the heater is not a very smart piece of equipment. So the reason why it has a pool and spa button on there is so that you can set two different temperatures, one for the pool and for the spa. So when the heater comes back on, even if the valves are in pool mode and you were using, you were using the spa the night before and you have the spa button pushed on there and you're heating the spa to 100 degrees, well, the pool is going to turn on and the heater is going to turn on and it's going to heat up to 100 degrees. So several times, I can't even count how many times I've been to a pool and I put my hand in there to check the chemistry and the water is 100 degrees in the pool. And sure enough, I go back there and the heater's been running all week um, in uh, the pool in spa mode. So again, the buttons on the heater are just for your convenience. So if you have your pool set at 80 degrees, you'll turn on your heater and hit pool and it'll heat up to 80 and turn off. If you're using your spa, you would use the spa button and that would heat the pool up to whatever temperature you have set, usually 100. And so if you fail to turn the heater off, it's going to heat up your pool to 100 degrees. A good way to prevent this from happening is to set alerts with your gas company. So if you have Southern California gas like we have here, you can actually set an alert so that if, you, if they notice a, a large amount of gas usage going on within a day, they'll actually send you a text alert or an email saying that your gas usage is, is high for that day. And that's a good way to go back there and uh, realize the mistake before it's running all week. So um, with your gas company, set the alert so that you get alerted when you have a high gas usage day. And that's a good way to stop yourself from having a huge bill. I had a, I had a customer text me during the week saying, hey, I got a notification from my gas company that my, my usage is really high. And I went to the account, sure enough, the, the guests that were staying there had left the heater on in spa and, and turned the valves back to pool mode with the heater on and the pool was being heated up. I think it was about 90 degrees when I got there. So that's a great way to prevent that from happening is to make sure that you get the alert set for your gas company. So that's a very common thing that happens with an attached spa. You'll forget to turn off the heater or you'll forget to turn it back to pool mode. And I see that a lot out there. Another thing that I see is someone will turn the valve, one valve, which is the suction valve, and not the return valve, or they'll turn the return valve back to pool, but leave the suction valve on spa mode. What happens then is that the spa will drain down, and chances are it's going to burn out the motor or cause some leakage by the equipment if it runs all week on spa suction and pool return. You kind of get the idea what happens. The spa will be sucking water into the filter and the return will all be going to the pool with a small amount bypassing going to the spa, of course, but not enough to keep it from um, draining the whole spa down and then sucking air the rest of the day. So that's also a problem I also see out there. I'll touch on one more before I end the podcast here, but I, I do have a longer list. So I'll probably have to do a follow-up podcast on this. Um, one thing I notice is that customers, people that do the pools themselves, homeowners that will do it yourselves, will not check the chemicals on a weekly basis. When I take over accounts that were being maintained by the homeowner, I noticed that um, they don't, their, their test kits aren't really used up or being used. So you want to make sure you check your chemistry level every week if you're doing it yourself and make sure that the regions aren't expired. If you're using test strips, I can't tell you how many customers' pools I've been to and they're like, oh yeah, I use these. I, ha I have these left over from when I was doing it. I look at the bottom of the test strips and it's like a year old. So that's not going to work. But you have to make sure that you replace the test strips. They have an expiration date, usually within a few months of when you purchase them. And you want to make sure you're using fresh test strips. And if you're checking your pool by, uh, on, on your own, you want to make sure you check it on a weekly basis. 
So those are a lot of the things I noticed is that um, people get careless. They don't think they need to check it every week, but it's crucial in the summertime to check your chemistry every week, sometimes twice a week if you can. Wintertime is not quite as critical, but I noticed that a lot of people that do their pools themselves really rarely check the chemistry level, so they'll just check it when they want to use it. Um, and that's definitely a no-no. You want to make sure you check it more often so that everything is balanced. So those are some of the common things I see out there. And again, I have a much longer list here, but I'll leave it at that for this podcast. I think I covered a lot of the main um, errors and mistakes that I see out there. And keep those in mind when you're, if you're just starting to take care of your pool, that you don't make these mistakes. They can be very costly if you burn out equipment or if you flood your house. So um, definitely listen to this if you have to listen one more time to get all those things in. But uh, these are the things that I see that uh, people will do. And also, of course, as pool service technicians also will make mistakes out there and do some of these errors. And I've been guilty of a lot of these errors. Uh, the only one I probably haven't done is um, put the pump lid on at the O-ring. That's one thing I always make sure that the O-ring's in there. But I think everything else I've probably done this on my own home pool or at a customer's house. So it happens. You know, these errors will happen. Um, and just to avoid them, you know, just be vigilant and try not to um, do anything that I mentioned here, definitely. And if you need more help with your pool, you can go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. I have an ebook available for $9.99. At the homepage, you can see the link for the ebook. Click on that, and you can order it through PayPal. And I'll also send you the PDF version upon request. So that's a great resource for you there. If you do pool service for a living and you need more one on one help, you can definitely join my coaching program. And in my coaching program, for $10 a month, you can text me in real time. And for $20 a month, you can call me. You also get invited to the group me app, which is a group chat with a bunch of pool guys and gals in there. You can ask questions and post photos in there. You also get a free copy of my ebook, and you'll get a 10% discount on your SPPA general liability insurance, and you'll get 10% off the Riptide pool vacuum system when you order that. So I have a lot of great benefits for the homeowner and also for the pool service professional. So check out my site, swimmingforlearning.com. You can find the coaching program listed there also on the homepage. So I hope you found this podcast helpful. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at Get Skimmer backslash Pool Guy. Again, that's Get Skimmer backslash Pool Guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.